What's up, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Chiropractic Junkie. I'm your host, Christian Hamby, and I'm so glad that you guys have decided to tune in to this week's episode. The year is quickly winding down with Thanksgiving behind us and Christmas and New Year's fastly approaching. Um, and I'm sure for many of you, as well as myself, 2020 cannot end soon enough. And I'm sure that uh, if you're like me, you're getting you're getting geared up for 2021 and hoping for a better year uh, come the new year. It's been kind of a rough, rough year this year. We're ready to put things behind us uh, and move forward, hopefully into better and brighter days. And uh, having said that, I wanted to give you some strategies. As we look forward to the coming days and to the uni and into the new year to help you put things in perspective to kind of kind of focus your life and help you um, just you know put things in line, put things in order, and really you know just kind of settle down your emotions and stress. And potentially look at the brighter, the brighter side of things. You know, stress and anxiety. Um, nothing else seems to matter when and when times of stress and anxiety. Uh, and that is the case, no matter your age, your race, ethnicity, background, life experience, or, or, or gender. Life gets us all down, and. The key to coping truly is perspective. When you face challenging moments, difficult situations, um, unexpected circumstances, uh, knowing uh, and reminding yourself that this too shall pass can help spur you on. Uh, in addition, you know, coming to grips with the fact that you're not the only one who's dealing with this or struggling with. Uh, something um, can really make the overwhelming situation seem less uh, less uh, you know I'm trying to think of the right word less uh, overarching, less you know all powerful and more manageable. Uh, no matter the issue at hand, you know, it's you it's it's comforting in a way to know that there's other people who are where you are, who have who have dealt with the things that you're dealing with, who have who and who have overcome and, and made it through to the other side. And that means that there's a good likelihood that you should find yourself coming out of this um, better than before as well. So if you're unsure of how to begin to put life in perspective, it, that's okay. A lot of people have trouble finding their starting point, mainly because it's different for everyone. But once you have found your starting point, it becomes easier the more that you practice putting life in perspective. Now, in this podcast, we're going to be covering 13 proven tactics that are expert approved 
that uh, most people most people uh, utilize when putting things in perspective. So the first idea is to think beyond the current moment. When you're worried or overwhelmed, it can be difficult to look past your current situation, but that is exactly what you need to do in order to change your perspective. For instance, when I find myself in a stressful situation, I like to take a deep breath and reflect on the sage advice my father has given me throughout my life over the years. And just setting my mind on these words of wisdoms helps me take my brain off of my predicament and turns it towards sound enlightening wisdom that both cheers me up and restores me with energy that I need to power through. A second idea is you need to actively change your perspective. Now, this, this, now the whole goal is to change your perspective, but changing your perspective is not a passive activity. Um, you have to be fully engaged, you have to be fully present, and you have to be willing to work on it throughout the day. It's not a one-time experience. Changing your perspective takes work and effort. If you want your perspective to change, you you need to apply yourself. And without because without realizing a change in perspective requires a mental shift, nothing is going to change for you. Nothing is going to happen. You're going to find yourself in the same spot that you were when you began. A third idea is don't turn your inner thoughts into facts. This is something that we all do. Uh, in fact, if you're like me, then you have an, an endless inner monologue running through your brain. And when, and when you catch yourself talking to yourself out loud from time to time, um, you might find yourself um, turning these inner thoughts, these inner feelings into facts when in reality – they're simply ideas or emotions that are swirling in your brain. I hope that makes sense. If not, let me give you an example. Let's say your partner is not texting you back. And so you begin to maybe worry about why they aren't texting you back. So you may devise a scenario in your head explaining why you haven't heard back. Like, uh, she's probably he or she's probably driving, so she can't... Uh, text me back right now. Or maybe she's upset with about something that I said. So she's ignoring me. Or maybe he's out with his, his, uh, a friend that I think he's been cheating on me with. And so he doesn't have his phone on him or it's on silent. Um, or maybe they're busy at work and they don't have time to text me back. So those are examples of thoughts that might run through your head. And the danger is your narrative may not be close to reality. It may be way off. And so uh, when you're faced with inner workings of your mind, be sure you differentiate between uh, conjecture, what your mind's thinking and what your mind's creating uh, in its inner workings and between the actual facts. Going back to our example, they may not be texting you back simply because 
they haven't they're they just haven't checked their phone maybe they didn't hear the notification maybe they went to uh text you back but got sidetracked so what i'm saying is is don't let these uh nagging thoughts um don't don't project your nagging thoughts into reality try to you know try to just stick to the facts don't don't let them control uh the situation number 4 name your emotions being able to identify and name the emotion you're experiencing at a particular time is a powerful skill some of us we've been taught that we don't you don't wear your heart on your sleeve you don't show your emotions you don't talk about how you're feeling and especially men but that's that's very unhealthy so if you can identify your emotion for example fear you can go a step further and analyze why you're afraid what's making you afraid and what can you do to overcome that fear and once you understand once you identify name your emotion and understand what's going on you can take active steps to ease your emotions for example if you know that you're afraid of an upcoming uh work project you can take steps to ease your sense of dread and calm your mind uh and in doing so are more likely to uh perform even better on that upcoming uh, work project. You know, you may say, you know, I have this deadline. These are the things that I need to do to get it done. Uh, this is the timeline I have. And I could use a few area help in these areas. These are the people that can help me. This is when these people are free. So here is the plan. You And, and by, you know, thinking that way and devising a plan, you can effectively um, uh, get, you know, get rid of that fear. So number five, you want to flip the script. Uh, going back to naming your emotions, uh, the next step after that is to be progressive, to be proactive. And this is known as flipping the script. This is kind of what I was hinting at just a few seconds ago. Um Let's let's for this example, let's talk about a, an exam. You may not be in school, but I'm sure that you have taken plenty of tests in your life. So let's say you're afraid of failing an exam. Uh, flipping the script would look like telling yourself you're going to ace it. So just changing that mental perspective from negative, I'm going to fail to positive can help you feel more confident. And like I said earlier, if you take, if you have a strategy and you actively participate in that strategy, you should feel even more confident than just saying, I'm going to fail. Like, let's take baseball, for instance. Any baseball player that will tell you that when it comes to hitting, the majority of success when hitting a baseball is mental. Yes, you have to be able to know how to swing the bat. You need to know how to hold the bat. You need to know how to, to um, uh, balance your weight, to shift your weight back, when to load, when to swing, how to identify a pitch, how to examine a pitcher's release point, um, how to you know 
pick up on different velocities. But any good baseball player will tell you that a large percentage of the get of of the game of baseball is a mind effort. If you walk up to the plate with the idea of I'm not going to get a hit, I might not get a hit. Um, the pitcher's throwing really hard. I don't know if I can hit it. Chances are is you're not going to get a hit. You've already walked up to the plate thinking you've lost, you've been defeated, and that gives the pitcher an advantage. The bat in baseball is a weapon, and the pitch and really the game of baseball is a battle is a battle between the pitching and the hitter. The pitcher's trying to get you out. The hitter's trying to get on base and drive runs in, and so they're waging war with each other. So if one side, namely the hitter, says I'm not going to be able to hit off of this pitcher, then the pitcher has already won the battle because the mind is lost already before he's even taken a, a swing. So they'll tell you that a lot of good hitters walk up to the plate thinking, I'm going to get a hit because I'm the best hitter in baseball. And those guys, they thrive because mentally they know they have the tools to, to be able to beat the pitcher. And so in their mind, they're thinking, I know I can do this because I've practiced. I've worked hard. I've trained. I know that if I know that when he throws the ball, I'm going to do, I'm going to confidently swing and put the bat on the ball and get a hit. And they most of the time do. Now, do these great hitters such as Babe Ruth or David Ortiz or Miguel Cabrera or Miguel Sano, do these guys, Josh Donaldson, do these guys still strike out? Yeah, yeah, they do. But overall, I mean, even Hank Aaron, William Mays, overall, all these guys, you know, they were very successful and are very successful in the game of baseball. You know, just think of, you know, maybe some younger guys, Ronald Acuna Jr., you know, these guys, they're very talented. Uh, you know, Javier Baez from the Cubs. Uh, Alex Bregman. I'm not an Astros fan, but guy's good. You know? So they they have the recipe, and, and, and a good deal of the recipe for their success is flipping the script, flipping the mental script. So moving on to idea number six. Remind yourself... You have been here before. There's nothing new under the sun. Nothing. Everyone who has walked the earth has been stressed at one point or another in life. And people, and once you're dead and gone, there's going to be people who are stressed. Moreover, you have faced stress before, and you, and you will undoubtedly face it again. And I'm just using stress as an example, you know. Take, uh, take you know, uh, dealing with the death of a loved one. You're going to lose people. You know, death is a part of life. You're going to lose people. And so remembering that you have faced moments like this before can help you push through again. Even if the situation is not exactly the same, maybe certain components are, are varying, the idea offers assurance and confidence, which will give you a boost that you need. Idea number seven is practice the five whys. The five whys are a method that are used to drill down to why you're feeling certain emotions. 
So let's take an example. Let's say you're feeling angry. When you're angry, you would ask, why am I angry? So you would stop, you would pause, and you would go, okay, why am I angry? Well, the guy cut me off in traffic. Okay, so now you would say, why might this person think situation have made me angry? For take our traffic scenario, it made me angry because I because he was in the wrong. I feel that he was in the wrong to cut me off in traffic. Then you would say, why do I tend to get angry when people cut me off in traffic? Or when uh when let's just leave it there. Okay. So then you would say, why do people why do I tend to get angry? when people cut me off in traffic or when certain traffic incidents happen, when certain traffic uh, incidents occur. Then you would move on to why am I angry when I know the person, the thing, or the situation who has offended me has their own issues. Maybe the person who cut me off was texting. That's his issue. Okay, Maybe he was looking down at his radio or maybe he was thinking about uh, a fight that he had with his wife after he left the house and wasn't paying attention. Why am I angry when I know that this person, this situation, or this thing comes with its own issues? And then lastly, you would ask, why did I perceive this situation as negative? You know, of course, most of us are going to perceive the getting cut off in traffic as negative. But we choose to see it as negative. We do not have to take it negatively. I'll give you an example. My mom is the queen of giving people the benefit of the doubt. When anything happens to me when I'm driving in the car with her, she always gives the other person the benefit of the doubt. Whether it's they run the stop sign and I have to slam on the brakes whether it's they pull out in traffic in front of me, whether it's they cut me off, whether it's they give me the horn. She always looks at it in a positive light. She never receives it as, she never perceives it rather as a negative situation or a negative instance. So those are the five whys. Why am I whatever? Why might this person, thing, or situation have made me whatever I'm feeling? Why do I tend to get blank when blank happens? Why am I blank when I know the person, thing, or situation has offended me, or who has offended me has their own issues? And why did I perceive the situation as negative? So that was just to cover the five questions again without the specifics. And this process is essentially used to help you to turn your thinking around and to help you diffuse any potential conflict. Moving on to number eight, it's always a good idea to move around. Changing your physical location can help you change your mental attitude. The shift in environment also brings, often brings a shift in mindset. For example, Let's say you're trying to design a marketing asset and you can't generate the right creative idea. It's just like your brain has run out of creative juices. Maybe getting up from your home office, going to a local coffee shop 
can might bring you the the mental uh, epiphany that you were looking for. So number nine, consider the best scenario. Off, and this kind of comes back to looking at the glass half empty or half full. Looking, considering at the best scenario would be looking at the glass half empty. I mean, excuse me, half full. So if I'm looking at the best scenario, I'm considering the positive. So I'm looking at the glass half full. Worrying about the worst case scenario is easy. It's much harder to consider the glass half full because we tend to view the more to pick out the negatives easier. But as soon as you experience a negative thought or emotion, try to put a positive spin on it because doing so gives you a chance to see how it feels and it allows you to experience a sense of balance and equilibrium in the situation. Number 10, talk it out. In most situations and relationships, communication is key. The best way to gain perspective is to vocalize your thoughts, emotions, and concerns because none of us are not mind readers. And so none of us will ever know each other's perspectives if we don't talk it out and communicate it. The worst thing you can do for yourself and the other party is bottle things up because the more you bottle things up, the more things are going to start to pile up and eventually you're going to blow your core. If you let negativity pile up again, there's going to be a tipping point, and the tipping point often results in a catatonic ending. So I would suggest, and a lot of experts would suggest, that you lean more towards being open and honest with your friends, with your family, with your boss, with your significant other, rather than holding everything in. It's much healthier for you in the long term. Number 11, meditate regularly. Meditation is rooted in Christianity. I don't know if you, you knew that, but, but it is. And other religions uh, and psych secular ideologies have adopted the practice, but God was, uh, was the first to command his people to meditate and to reflect. And really meditation is a time-tested practice with uh, various benefits. It not only helps you change your perspective, but it encourages you, it enlightens you, and it equips you to get in touch with yourself. Uh, and in doing so, enables you to alter your perspective. Number two, 12, be more creative. Being creative helps you by enabling you to find creative ways to try your perspective. So let's say you've tried um, A, B, or C to change your perspective and nothing worked. If you're creative, you can devise and develop creative strategies and tactics to change your perspective. Um, and there's really nothing more profound to this point, but other than the fact that it's, you know, creativity is essential. So if you're not creative, don't worry um, because you can become more creative. In fact, I believe everyone has the ability to be creative and is, in cre and is creative in their own unique ways. 
So you may not be uh, creative artistically, but you may be creative in another uh, area of your life and just uh, point your creativity towards your strengths, not your weaknesses. And you'll be able to come up with creative ways to change your perspective. And finally, ask for help. No man or woman is an island. As humans, we were designed to be relational creatures. And so having said that, if you're finding it difficult to alter your perspective, reach out to a trusted friend, family member, or professional. Being By being open and honest about your thoughts and your feelings and your concerns, you're opening yourself up to feedback. Each person is unique, which means each person you're sharing with may see things in a new light and see things differently than you, things that you may not have stumbled across and in essence can help you um, change your perspective. For example, and I, and this will be what I close with here. Uh, I've been working with my family's business for the majority of tw- 2019 and 2020 after graduating college. Now, I love working with my family. Uh, it gives me some great, uh, they've given me some great opportunities, and I truly love the industry that my parents work in. However, being my own man, I would like to eventually venture out and get my own career, Um, not the family business, but with everything that's happened in 2021, it's been quite a challenge for a young 24-year-old. And so I was feeling guilty. I was feeling useless. I was feeling like I was a loser I was feeling like I'm not going anywhere in life, that I'm never going to find a job, that I'm never going to be able to start my own family, um, that I'm always going to be dependent and reliant upon my parents to help me out. And I voiced these concerns to my mom. And she looked at me and she said, Christian, these things that you're thinking, they're lies. And she looked at me and she said, have you given up? And I looked at her and I said, no, mom, I haven't. And she goes, are you persevering? Are you having faith that God has you here for a reason and has a plan for your life? Do you believe that you're pressing forward towards your goals? And I said, yes. And then she goes, then you have nothing to be to feel guilty about or ashamed of. And so basically what I'm saying is that I had never thought about the idea of, am I pressing forward? Have I thrown in the towel or am I still fighting? And this new idea that I had never considered before helped me to change my perspective on the point in life I am right now. So that's an example of how opening up to someone close to you or someone that you trust or someone who knows you well can help change your perspective. So with that, my friends, I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. There will be a couple more episodes this month, but I want to go ahead and and wish you a season's greeting 
I hope that 2020 finishes well for you all. I look forward to taking uh, the journey into 2021 with you all. Until next week, everybody, peace, love, out.